Hey, it's Andrew Wilkow. Here's my opening monologue from today's Wilkow Majority on Sirius XM Patriot. I want to meet someone who actually has faith in Biden and Harris here. After the Afghan, Afghanistan withdrawal, <clears throat> the fact that Biden <clears throat> has been wrong on every single foreign policy question for four decades, and that Tony Blinken has racked up more failures than we can keep track of. And now this guy's in charge of the State, State Department. We have a bunch of bureaucrats at the State Department and in the Biden White House that I don't care where they went to college or how many papers they wrote or uh, you know how much they pontificate on their expertise in dealing with Russia. They seem to be completely out of their league. When I say this, it's not something that I'm rooting for. Although the vice presidency has been seen as a thankless job, was it John Adams that said nobody wants the job? I forget who famously said nobody really wants the job. It really is two things. One, you are the understudy of the president if, God forbid, anything should happen. Just ask Lyndon Baines Johnson. God forbid. Two, it's become a stepping stone to the presidency. Just ask George H.W. Bush. These are the facts, especially in the modern era. The vice president is no longer just somebody who presides over the Senate. This is especially when you're dealing with a man of Biden's age. That's it's a fact. I am not rooting for Joe Biden to have ill health. And if God forbid anything happened to Joe Biden health wise or at the hands of, of an assassin, I would sit behind this microphone and I would say it's a national tragedy. Any presidential assassination is, an, is a national tragedy. That's a fact. We could fight, we could squabble, but we don't kill presidents. But with that said, the stress of the job and Biden's obvious mental decline puts more focus and emphasis on Kamala Harris. I can't imagine a scenario where we engage in a war, yes, as part of NATO, but with Russia. Then knowing full well that China's going to begin to make moves, Iran is going to begin to make moves, North Korea is going to begin to make moves. This does, for lack of a better way of saying it without sounding like I'm engaging in hyperbole, does have the possibility of becoming World War III. Now, I think where we are right now, I think this, I think for the most part, this seems like Putin doing the saber rattling thing. You know, there are, there are higher ups in the Ukrainian government that are saying, you know, they do this stuff, shelling across borders, supporting separatist groups. You, you have their secretary of state saying, we've been at war with the Russians and Donbass since 2014. This is nothing new. This has been going on for eight years. But I want you to listen to Kamala Harris. And this is kind of frightening. And the, the section of the media and the Democrat Party that will blindly accept Harris because she's an air fingers, quote, strong woman of color or something. Let me just lay this out on the table. Vladimir Putin doesn't give a damn 
about Kamala Harris being a woman or a woman of color or the first this or the first that or how fierce she comes across or any of these these sort of idiotic superficial aesthetics that we like to apply to our politics. Xi Jinping and, and Vladimir Putin know two, one thing and one thing only, or two things. How much force do we have? How much force do you have? It's your will versus ours. That's it. It's not like they're going... Now, hold on a second. They have strong woman of color who might be commander-in-chief. That doesn't factor in at all. There's no wokeness in dealing with Russia and China. But this is the woman who would be the commander-in-chief if, God forbid, anything were to happen to Joe Biden. Play cut one. The United States, together with our allies and partners, will impose significant and unprecedented economic costs. We have worked intensively with many of you in this room to ensure we are prepared to move forward with consequences. We have prepared together economic measures that will be swift, severe, and united. We will impose far-reaching financial sanctions and export controls. We will target Russia's financial institutions and key industries. And we will target those who are complicit and those who aid and abet this unprovoked invasion. Okay, help me understand. You guys lifted the sanctions on the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. The Germans are now dependent on oil and natural gas from Russia. Vladimir Putin has paid in the past Bill Clinton $500,000 for a speech. The Obama-Biden-Hillary Clinton administration sold Vladimir Putin twenty control of 20% of U.S. uranium. It's a fact. Stop, pretend, stop pretending this is not something important. It is important. What are you going to do? The Germans are never going to go along with it if it hurts their economy. This is what Donald Trump warned about in 2018, only to be derided by the media and the Democrats. When President Trump, and happy President's Day to President Trump, when President Trump said, I think our NATO allies, including Germany, ought to pony up more for this coalition, it was sort of, how dare you? You don't ever speak to the French like that. Now we have the French trying to broker what? So far, they've threatened sanctions over and over again. The Germans have resisted giving the Ukrainians lethal military aid. Why? Because the Russians told them not to. God knows what Vladimir Putin has on Joe Biden. We know he's got the Clintons in his back pocket. And this woman is speaking in I don't know what cliches, her own staff, her own staff, which she has turned over almost entirely, have gone running to the Washington Post to say she does not study up on an issue before speaking about it. Now, I'm not going to say it's harmless when she sits there and talks about immigration and we need to have more art programs or sewing programs for women and girls in Guatemala or something like that. I mean, that was laughable. But this is war. 
And it's not war against goat herders who've been co-opted into a terrorist group. This is the Russian military. Now, is the Russian military as good of a, Of course not. But this is still, the difference here is this is an organized military. This is not people in mismatched, you know, camo with rusty AK-47s and barely a first grade education. This is the Russian military. And she is sitting there spinning these cliches like this is some sort of college debate. Play cut two. Can you explain to Americans what exactly will they face if if this happens? Sure. As the president talked about in his speech, um, we are aware that, again, when America stands for her principles and all of the things that we hold dear, um, it requires sometimes for, for us to put ourselves out there in a way that maybe we will incur some cost. And in this situation, um, that may relate to energy costs, for example. But we are taking very specific and appropriate, I believe, steps to mitigate what that cost might be if it happens. I don't even know what the... I, 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 I don't even know. The people that ran the Afghanistan withdrawal are running the show now. They're running the show now. That's Tony Blinken. That's Joe Biden. Is Millie calling Putin to let him know what's going on? I mean, you know, he said he was going to do it with China. I want to talk to someone who actually has faith in this woman to be commander in chief. And I want to know what specifically do you have faith in? Is it her experience? Is it her time in the Senate? Is it speeches she's given that show, demonstrate she understands what this all means? The left in this country is so obsessed with demographics and firsts and glass ceilings and all this other stuff. It's like they just didn't consider any of this. This woman might actually be commander in chief. I don't know who has any, any faith in this woman. Now here's the Secretary of State, play cut three. Why didn't he do this under the previous administration who wasn't as supportive of NATO? Um, If you just look at it observationally, if he really wanted Ukraine and he didn't want the United States getting in the way, he perhaps had a uh, more of a a friendlier administration uh, in the previous one. Why do you think he didn't act then? I hope you get a chance to ask him. Um, But... Uh, look, here's what I can say. I, I, I think, and I really don't want to put myself uh, in, in his, his mind because that it's, it's very hard to do, but I think it's um, reasonable to, to, to think that as President Putin sees it, uh, Ukraine was slipping further and further away from his grasp. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. Is this another one of those Syria things? Remember, wasn't Blinken in charge of the Syria operation? The red line, the chemical and biological weapons, all that stuff? He's another one. Why didn't Putin do this during Trump? I don't know. Well, there's got to be a reason. Yes, Yes, there have been incursions for the past eight years, but nothing like this. While Trump was president, you have no hint or inkling as to why? Why wouldn't, if Trump was this cowboy 
this dangerous, deranged cowboy with no experience in anything but being the apprentice guy, why would Vladimir Putin wait for a seasoned politician who's been around since 1973? Why would he take advantage of the chaos of Trump's presidency? I mean, there was the Mueller investigation, allegations of connections to Russia, yes. All sorts of things. Now play John Kirby, cut four. What has the administration learned from the chaos out of Kabul last August? Well, we're still digesting uh, what happened in, in August, Bill. I, I suspect your, your question is trying to, you know, get at sort of anything we learned from August that we're trying to apply now. They are two very different circumstances, Bill, and there, there's, there's not a lot of parallel between uh, what we're seeing now in Ukraine and what we see, what we saw in Afghanistan. Okay, this is all just babble. This is all just twaddle and babble. You know what? I'll wait for I'll wait for the break. We'll play Donna Brazil, who's on. With Stephanopoulos, well, you know, he's got to have a conversation with the American people. Oh, good. There's some, there's some steak and potatoes. Wine 695 patriot 957-2874. We are right. They are wrong. That's the end of the story. The arguments on this radio program cannot be broken. Sirius XM Patriot. You can join me live on the Wilkow Majority, Monday to Friday, noon to 3 east, 9 to noon west, on Sirius XM Patriot, channel 125. <laughs> 